HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. This week on Meet and 3, we're celebrating the food culture of South Carolina with its chef ambassadors. Oh, I'm super excited that it's soft shell crab season. <laughs> Those little suckers are delicious. People think, oh, tomato is a tomato. No, there is a, a good tomato and a bad tomato. So when they come to, to Hampton or even, you know, even in South Carolina, you can really find a incredible ingredient. We started getting lettuce from Micro Leon Farms in Conway. He's it's a, a super sweet family that runs that little farm. Tune in to Meet and 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so no one ever told me I had to keep my distance from the ROTC guys marching in front of me, and they suddenly stop. Oh, oh hang on. Let me answer these. Sure. Go ahead, Lou. Okay, so these ROTC guys, they're marching with their rifles, and then they start marching backwards and begin hitting my hood and street. Wait, wait, sorry. Mm. You got some side hustle interfering with this side hustle, Lou? No, it's, well, see, friends are texting me all the time now when they're at a bar, asking me which mezcal they should order. But if they're friends of yours, they should know what they want already, no? Well, some do, but for some, you know, ordering mezcal has gotten as complicated as ordering wine. Well, yeah, that does sound intimidating. Right? And ordering great mezcal shouldn't be intimidating. You know, that's the tuck line for Ojo de Tigre mezcal, right, Lou? I know that Ojo de Tigre is the mezcal for all. Well, that's another one of the tuck lines, Lou. Maybe it is, Chava, but two agaves are better than one. And Ojo de Tigre is made with both espadín and tobala. This is so scary. Has Ojo de Tigre taken over your soul? No, but Ojo de Tigre mezcal is taken from the soul and expressed with the hands. Now I'm feeling a little bit intimidating, Lou. How would we just have a copita full of Ojo de Tigre and pick this up in the morning? Ojo de Tigre mezcal artisanal. It's easy on the land and easy on your wallet. I'm going to unplug you now. If you want to learn more about Ojo de Tigre, visit ojodetigremezcal.com. Your mezcal should be as full of character as you are, Ojo de Tigre Mezcal Artisanal. Light on smoke, full on character. Ava, 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 
I'm Lou Bank. I am Chava Periwan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, Chava, I want to talk to you about what it is that we drink our beautiful heritage agave spirits out of. Whatever they give to you. Plastic cup, <laughs> mustard cup. Uh, I've been giving mezcal in somebody's hands. I'll an drink it. An old shoe. An old shoe yeah, is I'll have it. Yeah. You just want to... Fancy race, do that. So the reason I want to have this conversation is because it, I've, I've seen so many things online, uh, in conversations I've heard this, where people refer to the traditional clay copita. Always in English, always with that accent. <laughs> <laughs> traditional clay copita. Okay, um, well, how, how does that look like? Why do they think that's traditional? Right. Well, that's a, well. Why do they think that? I think it's because they've kind of been told that uh, by uh, by the mezcal industry, as it is. It's really just a bunch of people. But um, I, like, I get the sense that we've sort of been sold a bill of goods. I like. I <laughs> I know you disagree with me on this. I really do think the that the copita was invented by Ron Cooper of Del Maguey. Well, it's uh, what? Why? Well, uh, why is because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that at one of those 2005, 2006 tastings I attended, uh, he said he had these made, uh, these being these little red clay copitas, uh, because he was traveling around so much doing tastings and he wanted the right vessel. And really for him, the right vessel was the hikara, right? That that half gourd-like thing. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Um, that was the right vessel to him. And, and in fact, I'd agree with him 100%. Um, well, I guess 99%. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, he said that, that was the right vessel, and you couldn't really carry those around. So he he hired a bunch of artisans to make these little clay copitas for him. It was the first time anybody had done it. Well, and I, I think the obvious question is, have I ever had that in Mexico, uh, in, a, in a palenque or in a place where they traditionally make these spirits? And I would say no. They usually give me in a plastic cup, in, uh, in whatever they can have. Sometimes a vaso velador if they're really fancy. Yeah, well, A little no. candle holder. If they had just used candles and that was left behind. That's the whole reason why the vaso veladora was there. I'm not sure I agree with that either. Um, like I, I get that I get that it was used for candles, but you would see wax and stuff and burn marks in there, and I never see that. Well, they, they save the good ones for the gringos that come visit. <laughs> uh, or the new ones for the gringos that come visit. But there you go. You know, there's this taqueria in the neighborhood where I live, uh, sort of rough in, in an observatorio, and it's like a tequila place. Mm -hmm. And Well, not tequila. They, they do Jalisco-style tacos. And as a courtesy, they'll give you a shot in a jarrito, which is made out of clay. And I've seen that. Uh, not a jarrito that people drink like crazy cocktail-looking things. Like not a big thing, a no. small thing, but it is bulbous. It is bulbous. It's made out of clay. Right. And it's common. It also reminds me in a way, when I was a child, almost that del maguey uh, copita. It's almost the same shape as the candy they used to sell in my town. And honestly, all around Mexico, I think. Yeah. It was just still like some sweet, sour, chili thing that we kids loved. And Almost same geometry. Always in that little clay cup. It's funny. Casualitas, yeah. Yeah, the first time I went to Guadalajara, there was a little corner store that I went to get some water, and they had these beautiful, in essence, what looked to me like like big copitas, uh, like like palm-sized copitas, uh, but they were full of flan. Oh, and, and, yeah, yes. And they were so cheap. It was like, I don't. I want to say it was like maybe 50 cents for the whole thing, and you took away that that clay so i just bought a bunch of them i threw away the flan no you no, put it to I that. ate the hell out oh, of that yes. flan it was beautiful 
Um, but, you know, so so getting us away from the flood and back to the drinking vessel, you know, what I find is, uh, as you say, like you go to the uh, to the Palenque or the Venata or wherever they're making the spirits in, and it tends to be that you get served out of sometimes a jicara, sometimes a vasvelador. Like there are all these different options. But for me, the perfect drinking vessel when I'm on, like the perfect drinking vessel is the jicara for me, Right. But when I'm on the road, I love carrying a copita with me because it's easy to handle. It's durable, um, mm. relatively durable. But it has to be glazed, right? Because the unglazed clay. So uh, for people that are not so uh, familiar with ceramics, because I always forget that exists, uh, there's two types of clays in Mexico or in the world. One is just your raw clay, and the other one is glazed, which means they've They've melted something that looks like glass on top of it. Therefore, the the cup is not going to be absorbing water or liquids. Right. So it, yeah, you don't lose anything to the vessel. And this. So okay. So so what are what are we getting at? Obviously, you and I are just talking. We're just talking. That's all we ever do, Chava. But uh, if if we're talking with gringo bartenders, really, this conversation is is about what should they be serving the their their spirits. Yes, in, right? and there's. Uh, Sometimes I get irritated about this, but uh, there's a number of very elaborate discussions with other spirits or fermented drinks where they speculate which is the vessel and which geometry is going to allow me to appreciate better the fine, minute details of this drink, correct? Yeah, which is kind of crazy because as a friend of mine often says, every mouth is a mutant. And if every <laughs> mouth is a mutant, so is every nose. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but there's... But there's a point here that does take us back a little bit to the traditional route that you were self-describing at the beginning of this episode. You know, jicarita, the, the way you hold a jicara, it's usually, it's there's not small. These gourds tend to be the size of what you say, like a six-year-old head. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, it depends, it depends on the jicara. I mean, I certainly, I have some that are bigger than my head. Well, but when you go to towns and, and they serve you the special stuff, it's usually a, a very generous jicara and it's usually served to the middle, like not to the brim, never to the brim because they know you will throw it away or, or you'll be doing crazy stuff, just to the middle. And they hold it with both hands. Right. And they put their whole face into it before they're even sipping. Right. It's like walking into a cave and allowing for all these vapors to travel all around your face, your head. Like it's 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 walking into a space. It's not drinking something. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. And and you know when I get that, it's it's not the same uh, experience. Like it's not the same experience having something that fits just in the palm of your hand or even just in your thumb and your first finger. Right. But. You know, it's. I, I suspect most. I suspect most health uh, codes don't allow for hikaras in bars and restaurants. But the shape, the geometry, but the geometry and the shape, yeah, is ideal. So if if you're a gringo bartender looking for what you should be serving this in, like I think you go for that shape, just in a smaller, easier to clean way, which is the ceramic. And you, and you have one when you die, Lou, because you're gonna die someday, <laughs> and I'm gonna survive you yes. in your wheel. I want you to leave me your high temperature ceramic hikara. My my Mary Kate Uru uh, hikara, yeah, which is the most beautiful object you own. It can be made. That the, the important part is the geometry, not right. the material. Right. As right. long right. as the material is innocuous, 
it's not it's not affecting the agave or or giving a flavor to the agave in any way or form. I think that that's a golden standard. It, it is, but that's also a giant vessel that's really hard to store if you're a bartender restaurant owner who's trying to be efficient are, are, with space. Are you going for efficient or are you going for beautiful? Lou? I go for efficient. I think we've already determined this, <laughs> okay. Java. Okay, okay, but okay. So that's that. But then. We knew we had this answer. We were all sort of agreeing for the first time in our lives about this. That it should be like, that bars should have these copitas, the clay copitas of some size uh, available. Or glass, glass. I'm fine with glass. Or even a glass of Eladora. Like that little, those are easy, inexpensive. You you can be drunk, break them. Nobody's going to be angry about it. And they're great to drink out of. Yeah, they're great for shots too. And and to the point, like, I, I think this is where you were headed. Like with the whiskey, the whiskey snifter, like mm. I don't like that for drinking these spirits out of because you you put this, you put your, your 50% ABV agave spirit into that snifter. It immediately starts evaporating, which causes all of that, uh, that gas to accumulate <laughs> in that bulbous body. And then as the opening narrows, physics tells us that when gas leaves an opening that is more narrow than the body it was in, it rushes out, which means you're getting like this cannonball blast. You get all your nose disabled. You just think it's pure alcohol. You hate it. Well, and and the you here, right, is like some people love it. Yeah. If you like, if you're really into the agave spirits, maybe that's your yeah, thing. But it's too much for me. Yeah. I, sometimes I find it annoying too because I want to find other stuff that it's you know. But but for somebody who's not like traveling down to Mexico six times a year, it's probably more than they want blasting in their face. But then something happened to us. Something did happen to us. So we were mm-hmm. on the road in Puebla. Who'd we meet? Agustin Alba Sanchez, who is the owner and producer in Orgullo Poblano. Look at that. You don't need no future job. No, I'm good now. <laughs> I know this stuff, Lou. So we met him and he sort of put everything we knew and thought we knew upside down. Yeah, he really did. So he pulled out a bunch of different vessels. I, I don't remember if we had started the conversation with him or it just like he just happened to do it. it. It just happened. Oh my God, that's just, that's amazing. So he pulled out all these different vessels and one of them was this, it, it wasn't bulbous in the way that a snifter is, but it definitely, it was sort of like a hikara or or a copita that was was bulbous and then started to come in a little bit on the top. Yes, but just very softly. Like a little rose petal of a lilt. Yeah, <laughs> that, you're a poet. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, and uh, you know, even to this day, if you ask me what the best vessel is, I'm going to say a hikara or a copita. But the truth is I'm lying because the experience that I had, and we'll, we'll, put, we'll put pictures of this on the, um, the webpage for the episode, uh, but the experience that I had, it was significant. His spirit, you know, and maybe different with other spirits, but the spirit that he served to us, that he had made, was absolutely, positively, 100% better out of that slight, because he did serve this in in a few in a number of vessels yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for us to try the difference. Yeah, it was like six different vessels, including the the, the, the copitas that we the hikara that we had brought with us. Correct. Yeah, and, and and it did make a difference, and it was wonderful. It was. Now you know, having said that, I'd never seen a vessel like that before. I don't know where you'd buy a vessel like that. Well, try to find also a number play supplier uh, <laughs> <laughs> of, of such a thing. But so. You know, at the beginning, I was saying that sometimes it gets me annoyed. The this discussion, I think it doesn't anymore. I, I think it it 
can, if you're spending all this money and time into finding beautiful agave spirits, just don't make mistakes at the end. Right. Spend as much time thinking about what it is that you're serving that spirit out of. Okay. Um, Fair? I, I oh, and so I th we could wrap it there, but before we do, I'm also <laughs> just going to say, if you do buy a hikara and it's not just for decoration and you're going to drink out of it, make sure it's been cured. Oh, cured means being have been used before or no 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 it's not as simple as being used before and you know and i've fallen into the trap of hearing something from one mescalero in the past i followed this trap hearing something from one mescalero and accepting it as absolute gospel and it's not always truth right but i will say that uh eduardo analyst lalo my man lalo um, he told me, no, you have to cure the hikaras, and the way you cure the hikaras, or the way he cures the hikaras, is he takes uh, he takes that raw hikara, that raw uh, piece, and he puts it into the stack of bagasso. Yes, the I knew you were going to say this. Yes, yeah, that um, that have been coming out of his still during the you know first distillation of one of his spirits, and he'll continue to throw the hot bagasso in there throughout a distillation. Um, and he says it gets hot, it heats it up, it puts some of the, the warm liquid in there. And as a result, when you pour your spirit in there, I mean, you're still going to have some absorption, but but you're going to have significantly less absorption. And this is the key. You don't taste the hikara. Okay. Yeah. You just, yes. Wait, wait, we're, we're doing a bunch of this. We're taking an <laughs> army of hikaras to Lalo next time we go there. We're going to cure some of them. We'll try to post some pictures of the process. I love this yeah, so much. So, so I'm just saying like gringo bartenders, think about using clay copitas and, use, and, and using vasa veladoras. And if you need help finding those, we're going to have links on the page to places from which you can buy them. And if you're going to, anybody's going to get hikaras, get them cured if you're going to drink out of them. Awesome. And that's a wrap. Adios. Hasta pronto. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Peribán. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all 
the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.